Welcome to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Immigrant Stories is a live show where we mix two very different styles of storytelling. We have true stories told live on stage by immigrants from all over the world who have uprooted their lives and moved to Sweden. We mix those stories with improvised theater. What makes this show unique is the storyteller donates their story to the show and actually contributes themselves as the main character in our improvised long-form performance. So they literally choose an actor who will play them, and when their story ends, we improvise the rest of their life. And this has just been a thrilling mix of storytelling. Now, improv is really best seen live in the moment, However, these true stories can live on, and that's why we have this podcast, to really share these stories with the world and hope they make us feel a little bit more connected. I'm Josh Len, and I'll be joined by other members of our improv ensemble, and you'll hear us backstage after the show reflecting on these stories and how they touched us emotionally in order to bring them to life. If you're an immigrant living in Sweden and you have a story to tell, Get in touch with us at International Theatre Stockholm. Let's get into the storytellers. Our first storyteller is from Madras, India. He's lived here for 6.25 years. Let's hear Raman Ramalingam. Hi. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm one of the guys I don't have to introduce myself as. I'm here for the immigrant stories. You know, shit got real when a brown beard gets up on stage. So my name is Raman Ramalingam, and this story happened four years ago, when I'm like, I'd like to say I was kind of naive about Swedish culture back then compared to now, but it's kind of same, even today. So what happened was, for the first time in my life, racism worked on the positive side, and I got a job as a tech recruiter, because they said, if you don't look, you look like a developer, you think like a developer, so you can find developers for our companies. And I got a job as a recruiter. And that was funny. That was good. Racism works positively. It gave me salary. It gave me a job. So I was happy for that. And I joined this small Swedish recruitment firm where there are 10 people. All the rest Swedish. You know, human resources is intensely Swedish industry. So I was the only non-Swede Indian, all the rest Swedes. And then one day... Kinda, I hear this bus going on in office, and when I inquire, I hear that one of our colleagues is gonna get married. There's gonna be a wedding. Now folks, this is where I gotta stop and explain what it means for me as an Indian when somebody's gonna get married. <laughs> now, that shit is huge in India. So for me, in, as an Indian, when I hear somebody's gonna get married, the wedding, this is the best thing anybody can have in their life. The biggest festivity, it's like 300, 400 people. Dance, music, good food, laughter, conversations. And what is funny is this, in, in many families, unless you are a big celebrity, in normal families, this wedding is organized by your first degree network. So, you know, you have your first degree, your friends, your colleagues at work, your friends at work, your neighbors, your dad, mom, all the extended family, their friends. So this is like the first degree, the people that you know that you've seen them. That's the first degree network. <laughs> and these folks try to organize the wedding 
for all the second degree, like the friends of friends, the people you don't know, the guy across the street that you've never met. That's how it works. And that's the only wedding I know. So when I had this bus going on at work, this is not a happy story, so you got to be careful when you laugh. So when this was going on at work, I got curious, and I asked one of my colleagues, like, hey, who's going to get married? And then they said, Maria. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So when is it, it going to be the wedding? And he said, I don't know. What kind of colleague are you? <laughs> you selfish fool. And then I was like, I know I was trying to ask a lot of people when and where the wedding is going to happen. Many people didn't know. And I was like, this whole office is fucked up. So I went directly to Maria. And I said, hey, Maria, I, I heard you're going to get married. When is the wedding? And she said, 25th. I was like, wait a minute. 25th. What time? And she said, some time. And then I was like, which place? And she was like, outside Stockholm. I was like, give me the street address. We're not kids here. Give me the street address and the number. And she was like, why? I was like, what do you mean, why? I'm the guy who's got to organize your wedding. And she was like, what? I mean, she was, I mean, like, who's going to take care of the food truck in the morning, all the decorations of this event space, and welcoming all the guests who, who we never know, put them in the right spots. I mean, you need, you need the man, and I'm that man who helps you. <laughs> so your wedding is on the 25th, so maybe I should come there for the preparation on the 23rd, is it? <laughs> and she was like, wait, wait, you know that you're not invited to my wedding. I said, invitations are for the second degree, baby. I'm going to be there. You don't have to invite me. I'm, I'm like the guy who works. Because that's how it works in India. It's polite to say you don't have to invite me, you know. And then she said, but, but you don't understand. I have not invited you. And she said, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to invite me. I mean, like, we're talking English or what here? <laughs> and then she repeated for the third time, but seriously, she said, look, look, you... She was like doing sign language and shit. She thought, I'm like, a, I can't hear what she's saying or shit like that. You are not invited. I was like, okay, what does that mean? She said, I've invited my dad. What, you invited your dad? <laughs> what kind of family is that? And then I invited my two moms. Like, you got two moms? I was like, okay. So, and then I invited friends. It's like 25 people. Like 25 organizers. Like, no, that's it, 25 people, and you are not in that 25. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Anyways, I have a meeting, I got to go. <laughs> so that's the end of story. Some show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, wonderful. It was so great. One of, yeah, one of our best yes. all time yes. shows. Yes. And we're drinking some wine. And beer. Awesome. And beer. Awesome. It's the perfect time to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Josh, Ramon, he selected you to play mm-hmm. him. How did you feel and, and what did you think when you heard the story? Uh, I was, first of all, just thrilled. 
it's so fun when you get selected. It's like Christmas. <laughs> and uh, just the idea that I got to play someone from India was thrilling. You know, that's nothing I would ever be casted for. Uh, <laughs> which is so exciting. Why? And, um, yeah, when I heard his story, I, I thought he told it in such a brilliant way. It was yeah. so oh, funny. Yes. He crushed it. He crushed it, and it was so hilarious. The mm-hmm. story and the the first degree, and, like, how could you invite <laughs> your dad to a wedding? What kind of family are you? <laughs> Just the idea of giving your dad an invitation was absurd. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was so lovely. Um, and it was, like, two cultures just having the biggest clash ever. Yeah. Uh, and I loved how enthusiastic he was. Like, I'm going to plan this wedding. It's going to be the best wedding ever. <laughs> I'm in the first degree. Like, tell me where it is. Tell me, you know, like, yeah. what is the address? And it was like... <laughs> It's it was like, so funny. It was so funny. You could mm-hmm. see this woman like, why? Why do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. Super stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Super, yeah. Like, yeah. Each question of... becoming <laughs> way more stressful. Um, yeah. And then you felt, you know, like uh, like he said, that be careful about laughing because yeah. this is not a happy story. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And it probably just crushed him. Yeah. Like, to, that she had to spell it out with sign language. Like, I'm not inviting you. You know, like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. And that's, like, the ultimate rejection, in a yeah. way. Like, yeah. how could you possibly think that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and also, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah. For her, uh, we hear his side of the story, and he tells it in a wonderful, funny way. But as you say, there's uh, just that situation to be rejected like that. And also having to reject someone mm-hmm. in that way uh, has to be tough. Yeah. And they're still working together. Yeah, it's your yeah. colleague. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. And they haven't talked about it since. No, no. No. That. When she comes home, ah, oh, it's. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jesus. they will talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after to this podcast. I hope so. Because yeah. he had like the best of intentions. Yeah. And from where he comes from, that's normal. Yeah. yeah. And she would have had an awesome wedding. I mean. Yeah, I mean, because we saw it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Not to say that the wedding wasn't awesome, but no. awesomer. Oh yes. Yeah. And uh, the way he painted an Indian wedding. Was so exciting. Yeah, you want to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to attend totally, totally, yeah. totally. three, four hundred people, yeah. people yeah. you don't even know, like the first degree, the, first the second degree. degree. Yeah. yeah, I love that. The second degree, like first degree, there are people you met. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. So you know, recognize. your neighbor, your yeah. colleague, your friend. <laughs> be our friends of theirs. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, for me, just, like, the emotional send-off was mm. so clear. Mm. It was just like, here we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, it hurt. Uh, it was, pain, like, emotional mm. pain and mm. shock. Mm. And, like, how is this possible? Mm. And I read in so much into that, that not just being hurt because he, he was rejected, but it was also like he found out something about Sweden, mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh my God, I'm living now in a country 
that yeah, <laughs> what are they doing like yeah, yeah. 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 and it's like the most fun party ever i mean the best thing in the world yeah. is that what, what is that like mm. uh, a wedding is the best thing ever yeah. uh, and we miss that yeah <laughs> our next storyteller is from the suburbs of paris she's lived in sweden for just over three years let's hear sarah bigot Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Sarah, and I'm really happy to be there. I'm going to tell you the story of why I took my mum on the road trip. Yes. The story begins on the cruise ship. I was there with friends. 2,000 people gathered on a gigantic cruise ship for a metal festival. 2,000 people, and I met one guy. One Swedish guy. You see where I'm going? He's right there. <laughs> so, uh... I have one thing to say, things got really fast. Six months later, I was moving to, to Stockholm from France. That was a huge step. That was a huge step in my life, but that was a really good step because uh, at that time I was living in the suburbs of Paris and I felt like I had no future there, no horizon. Um, and you see, it's hard to project in the future uh, in this kind of, uh, of situation. Emotionally, I just got out of a relationship that didn't really work. Um, professionally, I, I quitted my job because I wanted to do something else and I started studying something different. So really, I wanted to move forward. I wanted to move abroad. And actually, I was thinking of a, of a sunny place and warm place like Latin America. <laughs> But Sweden, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and so I moved to Stockholm, and I discovered the Swedish culture. Mm. Uh, I have to say that I really like Swedish culture. There is something in particular that I really like. It's the fact that all year long, you have a celebration for something. You celebrate the light, you celebrate summer, the seasons, and you celebrate everything with pastry. Lucy Bullard? Semlur, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So pastry all the time, and that is really great. But uh, there's this feeling of community because everybody gathers, everybody like takes takes a part in this celebration, even if you don't know each other. It's Swedish, and I thought back to my culture. I'm from France, as you know, and I couldn't find anything really similar. That's weird, isn't it? So I started thinking, and if you think. I will tell you where I come from. I come from the suburbs of Paris. And if you think France, we have a lot of regions. Each region is really proud of their culture, their local culture. Uh, it could be food, it could be traditions, it could be some craft or wine, of course, cheese, this kind of stuff. But in the suburbs of Paris, there is nothing like that. We don't produce cheese from concrete, to be honest. And <laughs> so the thing is, I started thinking, there's also one other thing that happens in the suburb. People come to the suburbs, so you come there because you find a job or a place to stay. And then your kids grow up, and then they move away because they, they are studying somewhere else or they build their life. And after a while, you move away too. So people come and go in the suburbs. They don't really stay. And then this transmission of culture doesn't really happen between the generations. People just come and go. Another thing uh, that I started reflecting about is my family. I come from a very traditional French family. Uh, there are, in all families, 
things we don't talk about. Religion, for example. But something else is the fact that actually half of my family is from Spain, like a lot of French people. We have half of our family from somewhere else. And I am technically a second generation immigrant, which I never really thought about. Um, and my mother, for example, when she moved to France, she was eight years old. She became French by going to school, by learning French, by integrating in this society. And she never really uh, acted Spanish with us. She never talked to me and my brothers in Spanish, for example. She talked only French. And I realized that I'm a second generation immigrant and I know nothing about Spain. I know the basics. I learned the language on my own uh, or at school, but not through my family. So, uh, so I decided that I should take my mom on a road trip in Spain. And uh, so we went there and uh, we were speaking only Spanish, which we never did before. She, I think we, we spoke Spanish three times in our lives together. And, uh, and I wanted her to be in Spain, to revive her culture, to hear the language and, and to see the people and the food and everything and to transmit this culture to me. So that's why I took my mom on a road trip. Thank you for listening. So Veronica, Sarah chose you to play her. Yes. And when you heard her story, what kind of stuff stuck out? What were you thinking about? What touched you emotionally? Well, I, I think um, I yeah, I think it was really interesting that um, the theme that she was part Spanish and and um, part French and, and she didn't really think of herself as Spanish. Like, yeah, you're all these parts, <laughs> like, um, um, yeah, and, and that sort of struck me, because uh, I think of, of people in Sweden, like, uh, if, if someone has another heritage, they're, like, I think they think about it a lot, uh, yeah. and in France, where she was, uh, where she grew up, she, they didn't, they didn't talk about that. No, she was, no. she was French, exactly. uh, even though she was half Spanish, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that was, it was the same for everyone, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. and I really loved uh, what, what she said about Swedes, like, we celebrate all these uh, <laughs> days, yeah, all <laughs> like, the all these, yeah, pastries for <laughs> every... Yeah. Like some dog and can have a dog and everything, and awesome. that's sweet really connect yeah. uh, when they uh, when they eat pastries. When they eat pastries, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think it was yeah, I really liked playing her, and because uh, um, I think the theme was um, was clear and <laughs> it was uh, it was fun. Mm. It was a lot about like finding out who you. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. An identity kind yeah, of crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think we, we often um, hear that Swedes are not taking care of each other, like no. not taking yeah. care of their relatives <clears throat> and just leaving their old people at nursery mm. home. And, yeah. uh, and, and her story was really, mm. or what I got was that Swedes really take care of each other and really are connected. With uh, pastry. With, through pastry. <laughs> <laughs> 
and with their family yeah. like we have all these mm. uh, celebrations yeah. where we uh, gather together yeah and and she didn't get that from the suburbs no. in, in Paris mm. now that was really interesting that that part of the story where where she grew up that she described it like there's no culture there because mm-hmm. people move there when they grow out of a place and then they come there and then they mm-hmm. sort of grow out of that place and go to another place mm-hmm. if I remember correctly mm-hmm. uh, and and that and and growing up in that kind of neighborhood uh, really must uh, influence you and, and sort mm-hmm. of program you to to feel a certain I don't know, maybe not feel a certain way. Do you guys know what I mean? That's mm. like uh, there's no culture here. This, this we don't have pastries on Semandalian no. or stuff like that. There's yeah. nothing mm. special worth celebrating about this place. Right. Uh, there's no rituals. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. And what and what does that to a person growing up in yeah. that kind of neighborhood? So then you might need to find like like she did in the store, like find your way, even though it's like a bit of a cliche, like finding your self. Yeah. So fun with improv, you can just play the cliche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah, that's drama. That's. Um, uh, I must say though, when I moved to Sweden, it the thing about pastries and fika, mm. you know, where it, it's like a religion. It's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, people are religious and yeah. it's like mm. sit down, pika, yeah. coffee, soft, like mm. all that shit. Yeah. It's like clockwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like once you have that, the, the whole event is kind of grounded mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, at work, people are like pissed off if the the Thursday or the Friday pika is canceled when, you know, mm-hmm. during holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah. 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 So Swedes really want to connect I mean, mm-hmm. I think that was um, um, that was interesting because mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. heard a lot, like Maria said, like uh, yeah, Swedes are disconnected and they mm-hmm. don't look at each other and they mm-hmm. they um, <laughs> they're kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting that she said Swedes celebrate. Because yeah. I've never yeah. really saw it as a celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, we need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my goddamn sugar. <laughs> yeah, but it's never like, hey, let's celebrate Camille Boulard dog. Yeah. You know, it's more like, all right, we need to do this. We need to go to <laughs> yeah, yeah we ritual. need to do something fun. And <laughs> <laughs> because our life is so boring. <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> we need another fucking day. No. Name's then, day. <laughs> Yeah. With the horrible weather and like boring <laughs> people around us. Yeah. At yeah, least we can have a kinea and, 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 and get some, yeah. Yeah, and imagine them going flipping it and there's nothing like that. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. It would be horrible. Yeah, it would be. No <laughs> no Sam La. That's all we have. Yeah. I think it, like what you said about uh, the her beginning when that she didn't realize she was an immigrant, and I'm thinking like, that's so different depending on where you are. If you stick out, and you're constantly reminded that you are an immigrant because you're the yeah. only person who doesn't, mm. you know, look the same or uh, have the same language, yeah. uh, and so then I'm thinking, okay, Paris suburbs you fit in, everyone has like different mm. background mm. and then you come to a country like Sweden mm. and uh, you know, it's not like that. 
or you go to New York and everyone fits in because everyone is different. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that just... Yeah, it depends on the culture. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, how multicultural it, it yes. is. Mm. That was the theme. Yes. <laughs> Great. The blessings yeah. of being multicultural. It was a very nice segue right into the Hope, theme. Hopefully Sweden will be more... more multicultural so that we well it is becoming more and more yeah, every so single day mm. so people can feel that they don't have to fit in yeah. that they mm. like can be themselves and still be part of the society and that's really uh, I think the difference between Sweden and America since mm. you brought up New York I think people can move to New York and be like, hey, I'm an American. Mm. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you can't really move to Sweden and ever feel like, I'm a Swede. Exactly. No. You yeah. know, and I even meet people who are like second generation. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, are you Swedish? And they're like, nope. Yeah. I'm not. Mm. I don't feel Swedish. They're like, maybe I, f- I don't feel either one. Mm. Like, you meet mm. people like from South America. I'm like, you feel Swedish? And they're like, I don't, I feel more Swedish than South American, but I don't really feel mm, Swedish yeah. and I don't feel, you know. Exactly. Mm. I think, and it's so interesting because, like, because I'm Swedish and I lived in New York and, uh, and I felt like there it's really, yeah, when people have all these different backgrounds, so people can be like, you know, uh, say, oh, I'm Swedish <laughs> too, meaning my grandma was Swedish, yeah. but yeah. I've never been mm. to Sweden and I don't have a Swedish passport, no. but at the same time, it's also like, I sometimes had a hard time that uh, I, I wanted to be like, yes, but I'm different. I am Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, they're I'm like, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> uh, but I have a Swedish passport. Yeah, that's so American. <laughs> me too, I'm Swedish. Yeah. I'm a quarter We're Swede. All, yeah, exactly. Hey. <laughs> but I'm thinking of like, I suddenly discovered a need there to like, to show that, hey, I don't fit in. You know, which yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Because I'm, mm. I'm from up north here in Sweden, from Schlefte. Mm. And uh, I, I never liked that place uh, as much as I do uh, before I moved out. Because mm. when you're there, you see, oh, you see all the flaws, you see blah, blah, blah. Because mm. it's your everyday life. And so you get blind mm. to the good things. And then you move out. And you don't have all this security and, 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 and in comfort of your home mm. uh, w- with you mm. uh, anymore. And you, I've become more proud of my hometown when I moved out. Mm. Uh, mm. So I totally can relate to that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I also, I mean, I more than I love the fact that you can go to New York and you fit in. Yeah. Instantly, there's yeah. no way you can stick out. You fit in because you're different. In mm. a way. Yeah, it's a different kind of fitting. In. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. But I think that's the the nicest way you can be yourself, mm. Yeah. Mm. and you fit in. You don't have to be Swedishified <laughs> or right. Americanified yeah. or American, mm. Americanized, because um, there's so much talk about like making people Swedish. I think in mm. Sweden. Right. Um, well, there's. That kind of talk in America now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Sure, sure. There has been uh, yeah. Yeah. recently the last. Well, yeah. maybe we've lived a lot of that the tough parts for longer yeah. than you have here. Yeah. you know, in a way. Mm. I mean, even though your history goes way back. Mm. Um, yeah. 
you know, our yeah. our whole like you know, our known fucking like American. <laughs> but uh, I am you, from you can put down the flag, Josh. <laughs> yeah, you can put down the flag. Yeah, put it down. Yeah. Are you American now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's an immigrant. Yeah. Uh, and like there's been years of dealing with this shit, and it's not perfect. But I think because of that, we we've got we have more battle scars than yeah. you're having. There's here. so we're like a pride in the U.S. of like we're a country of immigrants. Like, yeah. That's the strength. Just the terms Italian-American and stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that here in Sweden. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Dutch-Swede. Mm-hmm. I'm a French-Swede. I just saw the play Hamilton, oh. which is like a complete phenomenon. It's like the most successful play ever. Yeah. And the whole show is essentially an immigrant story. Mm-hmm. You know, because Hamilton's this immigrant and he, you know, he lived the American dream mm-hmm. from like nothing to being like very influential, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, it was really fun to see since we're doing this show, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, there's a lot of pride in that in, mm-hmm. in America. Well, hopefully this show will help, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bring us closer together. Thank you for listening to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. If you want to see another round of live stories mixed with our improvisation, come and check out our show. We have two more this October, the 19th and 20th. You can get more information at internationaltheater.se. That is theater spelled the American way, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. You can also find us on Facebook at International Theater Stockholm, as well as Instagram and Twitter at It's Stockholm, I-T-S-S-T-H-L-M. The improvisers you heard on the podcast today are Katarina Walberry, Veronica Karlstein, Maria Reynes, and Olaf Hagmark, as well as me, Josh Lamb. Huge thanks to our storytellers, Raman Ramalingam and Sarah Bigot. And an extra special thank you to our musician, Marcus Thurewall, for giving this beautiful music to the podcast. Uh, We hope to see you soon and check out more podcasts coming soon. Thanks for listening.